I like the poem by A.A. A. Milne where uh, Edward Bear learns about body positivity. It's very cute and good. Is that? Aww. It's real. Okay. He, it's a real poem. It's, this po- <laughs> it's so beautiful. I'll summarize it. So it, it's about Edward Bear being a plump stuffed animal and then he f- is upset about it but then he looks at a picture book and he sees this picture of a king who was called the Handsome and he was a fat king. It's King Louis the something. And he looks at the handsome and he's like, oh, my God, this king is called handsome, even though he's fat. Maybe I'm handsome, too. And he and then he starts doubting himself. And he's like, but what if that was like, what if he's not alive anymore? What if it was fictional? But then one day he falls out the window and he meets the king and he's real. And he's like, oh, you're the king. You're King Louis the handsome. And he's like, yes, I am. And you're Edward Bear. And then he feels good about himself. And it's so cute and good. And I love it. I have. Three questions. <gasps> yeah. One, why did he have to fall out the window for this well, to happen? Yeah, what was the king doing right under the He was window? walking on the street. Two. You know how tra- like things happen in English poems that are always tragic but happy? That's true. Uh-huh. Two, uh, was this just like a delirious like post-death experience? Because like how tall was that building that he fell out of? He's he is a stuffed animal. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't mean he can't die. Just saying. And then number three is, how is this a poem? <laughs> a bear, no matter how he tries, grows tubby without exercise. <laughs> Wait, oh, that's how. A bear with no eyes? No matter how he tries. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hello, and welcome to the Polygon <laughs> Show. Where are we? I'm Simone de Rochefort, and I'm joined today by Allegra Frank. What up? Chelsea Stark. Hello. And Ashley O. Hello. And we're going to start today off with Ashley's Grievance Corner. Do we have a theme song for Ashley's Grievance Corner? Can we add one in post? It just goes, Ashley's <laughs> Grievance Corner. Oh, that hurt me. <laughs> oh, it hurt me too. What if it's just a bunch of sad trombone noises? <laughs> that sounds like the Lynx video you sent me. <laughs> oh, I love that Everyone video. Everyone please look up the tweet. <laughs> No, do oh not my scream. God. Do not scream. We cannot. Everyone, please look up the tweet where two lynxes are talking to each other because that's Simone and I. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Yeah, that's true. Important. Please do that. All right, Ashley, so two things. It is your birthday today, but it is also the worst day ever. It is also oh. the worst day ever for many reasons, but one being I'm pretty sure my PS4 is dead, and I'm sure some of you are already tired of me tweeting about it, but it's devastating. I don't know what to do. I'm stuck in the, um, it's called a PS4 safe mode loop. Apparently oh. it has happened to other people. Um, I spent a little bit of yesterday trying to fix it and uh, like two hours this morning also trying to fix it. Watched many YouTube videos. Half of them were like by kids, like a third of my age <laughs> now. Yes, it, it, oh my God, he really was a third of my age. Oh. Uh, it's not, I, I don't think. It's, it's gonna work um, because there was that time before where I turned it on one time, like a couple months ago, it was like, oh, database corrupted. And then it's like preparing to wipe or something like that. I was like, oh my God. But I still had, you know, like my safe data and all of this stuff. So I was like, oh, I guess that's fine. And then this just straight up will not start. There, it, there's a weird infinite loop that it keeps going on. Um, even though it downloaded the new update. Trust me, I've tried everything. Um, so, you know, now it's kind of like, okay, well, should I just buy a new one? There are many options, right? I could buy the PS4 Pro 
better chance that it won't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I could just, or I could get an just same old PS4 for $100 less than the PS4 Pro, which is still at $400, or, despite yeah. being out for two years. The PS4 Pro is. Yeah. Dang. $400, $399.99. <sighs> and then PS4 is $299.99. But then I can also buy an Xbox One. I know. No. That's all an that, option. What are you talking about? That literally about? crossed my mind. The I was like, one this... games in an entertainment How system. is, oh my God. I, I actually was just like. It's printed in every press release. I was like, I bet, I bet this wouldn't happen if I had an Xbox. That's actually I mean, one of the questions that I thought of. That is dark. I, I know. You are in dark Well, times. Sony has betrayed. I've championed Sony for so much of my life, and I'm just like, God damn. That's not true, because the last generation of Xboxes had the Red Ring of Death, and it was Red pretty. Ring. But now it's totally smooth sailing. Oh, well, so I just thought of something that might make you feel a little better. The two games you play the most of are all, like, all of your data is online. So all yeah. of your data is there. Mm-hmm. So that's... This is awful. I'm not like making it. I'm not. I'm not so this is awful. No, I'm not saying. I just don't want to diminish your pain. But I'm saying at least the two oh, things: yeah. Destiny and Overwatch. All of your stuff is online. I'm pretty sure now it's just Overwatch. I mean, once I was in Destiny's that Destiny dead. campaign. Oh boy, never again. But but, but yeah, you could still return to it if they improved us. I mean, I, I think like the bright side is is that I did finish God of War before this happened. Oh, thank goodness. So. That's the one thing that I would have found unacceptable. Like, there are still some collectibles and other quests that I wanted to do post-game for God of War. But, you know, it's sort of like, but but, but I did. I got I got my trophies. I played mm-hmm. through the story. I don't have to, like, start all over unless I want to. Um, and same thing with, like, okay, well, what if my Persona 5 data, what if my 200-plus hours <laughs> from two different files are gone? But then at the same time, I was like, but Ashley, just like a month ago, you were like, maybe I should start a third Persona 5 file. <laughs> so, like, and you also found a lot of the new game stuff cheaty. I remember you said it was felt unfair to use all the weapons that you'd earned. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, my God. I, I had a special rule, actually. A special rule. So I had, <laughs> all, special of, rule had, had all of my inventory, weapons, armor from the first game. Mm. And then the second time came around. I only equipped it when I would reach the appropriate time in the game. Wow. Oh my so God. like once I like okay, so reach that point where you know people's attacks are starting to get into the hundreds, I'd be like, okay, time for the hundred mm-hmm. and two sword. You can have this one now. <laughs> wow, you're so nice to your characters. You're like, oh, I'm. I think you've grown up into this sword now, and I think you're ready. Because otherwise, it's boring. It you is. just you just kill. Every, I mean, so I'm. This is know. me. Try, this is Chelsea. Stay posy Stark here to <laughs> try and make you feel a little better. This because it's like this is awful. But at least a lot of your games. Please don't lean back. I'm not trying to hurt you. <laughs> the positivity Ashley, burns. I know. Ashley's like leaning away from me and her microphone and giving me the eye. <laughs> She's prepping for no, the it's, old razzle dazzle. I think like I do not have the, the old razzle dazzle. I'm very sleepy. I th- what? And I just said I'm. I don't have a razzle dazzle today. I'm sleepy. Oh, so you just I, have to kick your leg up really high. I'm wearing a skirt. Like, well, <laughs> even better. Yes. Um, <laughs> only no, but I, I totally understand what you were saying. Like yesterday, I kind of thought about it, and I was talking to Mike, and I was like, you know, if this happened, maybe like five years ago, I think I would be like inconsolable. But now it's like, well, all you really use it now for is Netflix, Hulu, HBO, and Overwatch. And then, like, maybe some other games. 
So you're know. talking about either replacing the hard drive or getting a new one. So it is it's a hardware issue or is it a software? I'm pretty issue? sure it's a hardware Definitely issue. Definitely sounds like a hardware I issue. I think if I just replace but you know, my worst fear is like, what if I replace the hard drive and it doesn't work? Honestly, yeah. everything you're describing, did you have like a PC growing up? Yes. Remember, like, your PC would crash all the time? It just sounds like the Don't PS4 is the same Ashley? thing. Remember, Ashley, your what? specific PC would crash all the you time? You know, Submit asked me, he's like, Ashley, do you, he's like, Don't you? He's like, Do you have a warranty or something? And I was like, Submit. I bought this PS4 as part of the Arkham Knight bundle. <laughs> so I'm going to give you an idea of how old it is. Oh my God. But yeah, I, I, I think like maybe the, it was time. The, mo- the special thing no. about this happening is that the same day, Summit published his article, his wonderful article about P- PlayStation CEO says PlayStation 4 is nearing the end of its life cycle. And then I went home and then it it's dead. It neared. It, it reached not the end kidding. of its life cycle. And honestly, like this is the exact same thing as like what happens when, when you know, when Apple unveils a new iPhone this model. This happens to me all the time. You know, as soon as they announce the new model, I come home. Surprisingly, my phone's on the fritz, mm. and it's like that until I get a new one. It's it's so weird because they announced a new iPhone and my iPhone just magically leapt from my hand onto the concrete and smashed its screen. It's so weird how that <laughs> happened. It has a kill switch. Has they it. all do. <laughs> just leapt out of the hand. I can't, I can't believe it. And the employee of the month gets to flip the kill switch at Apple headquarters. That's what happened. You know what? This this wouldn't have actually. You know what? I feel like my PS4 would still be alive if Kazurai was still a CEO. I'm sorry. Yeah, Aww. that's fair. He still is, like for a couple more weeks. But he's outgoing. But he's just like leaving. <laughs> he was the man who was going, like, and he took Ashley's PS4 that's with that's him. That's true. Maybe it's gonna happen to all of our PS4s on his way out. No, it's just me. It's like, oh, it's Ashley's. Oh, it's Ashley's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Smash it. And then it's it's gone, and I don't know what to do with it. Just okay. You're you, gonna replace your hard drive. You're gonna Google a guide. You're gonna replace the hard drive, or you, you're gonna get someone to replace your. Or hard drive. get someone, Chris Grant, and you probably <laughs> Chris Grant is gonna do it. Hey, Chris Grant, you're gonna do this for Ashley. Where are you, Chris? And I think you can probably transfer the stuff on your hard drive to like your computer. If you have a That's PC, true. I think right. You mm-hmm. need like an external hard drive, but doesn't have you to know, be formatted the right way. There's so many questions. But you no, have not with a PC, and, and you have so many friends and colleagues mm-hmm. who I? have PS4s. I don't have friends. Okay. <laughs> colleagues. You have people who work in the uh, same building as you. You have colleagues Frolics. and co-hosts with PS4s. Frolics. Frolics. Oh, yes. Frolics with frolics. I love it. Um, and you guys fix my PS4. Mm-hmm. Well, we can I at least try. take your data. Let's we talk could just about... steal your data and not fix your PS4. That would be too cool. We could do an office space scene where we throw it off of a thing. Well, after we take the hard drive out. We're not doing yeah. that. No, Don't we won't worry. do that. It served me so well. Okay, we'll make a pyre My and send beautiful... it to the ocean. <sighs> okay, I, I have you know that every time I moved, I would wrap, I would double wrap my PS4 in towels. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots mm-hmm. of towels to make sure it was safe. And it lasted all this time? Until the kill switch. Maybe you should have put a put it in a baby Bjorn on your chest. I should have. <laughs> every day. <laughs> Let's talk about something else that's terrible, which is the Uh, water island in Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. How far are you in the game? So I finally fucking today beat 
I think it's World 4. It is World 4. And it is composed almost entirely of water levels. Uh, yes, good. Which is no. The wor- no I would like to understand who made that decision. Instead, that like there are a couple water levels or at least sections where you get to go in the water or have to go in the water in the first three worlds. Okay, that's fine. That's normal. It's always like, oh man, water level. Some of the, some of them are good. Some of them are bad. And then you get to this fucking island, and every single level is a water level. And the final boss is a water boss, and it's terrible. Well, and uh, is it a turtle? No, it was a big puffer fish. Oh, oh cool. no! But that go- sounds hard. It was hard. I'm going to be entirely honest with you. I fought. I suffered my way through that entire island, and this is the one that I did basically all by myself, because the first three, uh, I started the game when I was in California. I played them uh, two-player with my friends Nora and Taylor, got through the first three, did the fourth one, water fucking ball shit, all by myself, got to that final boss, and I was so tired! I made Pat beat it for me today <laughs> in the office. I was like, no, I, 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 I could beat this if I but tried it a bunch of times. I don't want to, and I don't have to. I'm reaching out. You don't have to. Help. Because sometimes you need to step away and be like, this yes. is too... Were no, you on funky so, mode? I am not on funky mode. I started I, the game on funky mm-hmm. mode, and to be honest, I, I'm not sure if I can tell the difference because I've never really... Mm-hmm. There are way more hearts, and there's no breath meter... For the water levels oh, when you wait. play as Funky Kong. But but it, I chose Donkey Kong in Funky mode. But you still get, you still have an extra heart in that Are mode? you serious? Because like I started that and that game's fucking hard. Yeah, it's still, And I think I got to like Island 2 and I was like, I think I'm just going to put this The down. game is hard. I, I think, I said this before, they really need to have a, a way to switch between the modes because it's like, there are points where you're like, I've reached... My limit. Oh, you can't switch. No, if you started funky mode or with that character, you cannot switch. I booted up the game and I looked at the screen and I said, Taylor, I've heard this game is really hard. Let's play in funky mode. And she said, No, we don't need to do that. Uh, We're adults. But it's called funky mode. Yeah. And also, he does look like an arc. He, he, yeah, funky Kong aside, funky mode. What a good idea. So I'm not playing in funky mode. I am Donkey Kong, and I hate myself. I so hate water Mr. Levels, Kong. <laughs> you hate Mr. Kong. Water levels, I feel like, are just overarchingly bad always. Why right? are they so overarchingly bad? I was going to ask you, like, why you think this one specifically is bad, but I guess, like, to Chelsea's point of breath meters, mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. like, the constant fear of drowning, which I just have all the time. Like, sometimes, like, one time I was sitting on an airplane and I had a dream that I was drowning and I just, like, jerked awake very aye, dramatically. Aye, aye. But, um, yeah, like, the fear of drowning, like, that imposed time limit The time sucks. limit. And also your, uh, your movement is kind of... Like yeah. limited mm-hmm. because you're swimming. Mm-hmm. There's I, weird. You don't have your normal attacks, so there's weird enemies that you can't. Mm-hmm. You can't be like, oh, I'm gonna use a jump attack. No, it's a fish. I think that the movement for me is the most frustrating thing, and just because it's never quite as natural. And I think that maybe nope. there's a place for that, but also on the other hand, like why should I submit myself to these levels where moving feels unpleasant and <laughs> awkward? And that's what water levels are. Like the end of the the very last level that I was stuck on for a really, really long time has the the final barrel inside this sort of 
whirlpool. So the water is flowing and it's difficult to swim through it. You have to kind of power through it, muscle through. And of course there are spiky things. And like, just like that pure, like seeing the barrel there, seeing that I'm at the ending and then having this like very frustrating, finicky end where I'm running out of breath and there are spiky balls and it's just it, you're so close but you're so far and that that made me very frustrated and angry the game is good but <laughs> I wonder if there's anyone out there please let us know mm-hmm. who enjoys water levels I really want to know why and why why? Yes. why do you guys have a, a water level that you like so I was thinking like there's, I think I've talked about this game before, like the Legend of Starfy or Legendary Starfy or something, which is basically like a Kirby game, but the whole thing is underwater. So like it moves like a water level, but like every single level is like that. So I think I was okay with that because like, it's not like there was a comparison for me where it's like, oh, like being on land feels so much better. It's just like, okay, everything is just like this. The game is very much tuned toward that. And I really liked that game, except when I accidentally turned it off at the end when I beat the boss after like button mashing. <laughs> oh, I think I that's the game before. you're never gonna play again. <laughs> yeah. I remember this now. I was like, fuck this. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, so like that's probably the only time I can think of where I was okay with water, but the whole thing is a water level. So like any game, and it's always Nintendo games, right? Like any game with just a singular water level, I want to die. But the thing about that then is that they could design it in a way so that playing in the water Mm -hmm. is fun and not like a weird different experience. I just keep thinking we're talking about like real life. So when you're saying like movement is unpleasant and awkward, I was like, yep, true. And you're just like... I, it's, water is just terrible to move around and I'm like mm-hmm, this, that is very accurate this is so funny because it ties into what I was going to talk about later which is me playing old games this weekend because I played the second Toe Jam and Earl game and it has water sections and the movement is so bad in those that I'm just like I hate and they're always full of like goodies and extra secrets and I but it it is like very hard to swim down specifically to mm-hmm. get lower and I'm like why is this so challenging so do you want to segue into talking about that then? only if you're yeah. done yeah I'm done I'm done complaining <laughs> <laughs> I'm on fruit levels now Ooh, that sounds <laughs> so nice died like I I have accumulated like over 30 lives from going back to try to unlock secret levels and now I'm using every single one of them to get to the first checkpoint in the first fruit level and I hate myself. Anyway, Chelsea, Toe Jam and Earl. Yeah. Panic on Funkatron. What? Many words. Wow. God. I loved this game. This is a game that I think came out when I was 12 or something and I was really into the first Toe Jam and Earl game and like I rented it a few times because this was that time it was on Sega Genesis and then I was like trying to hunt down a copy and had to call toy stores back in the day because I was like I'm gonna call KB Toys maybe they have it in stock today R.I.P. oh my god KB Toys fuck I know I've never been to KB Toys what's KB Toys what (laughs) oh no it was like a smaller Toys R Us that like felt like a family going in there. It's it like, did. Now Hello, for everyone. your birthday, Ashley, you feel old as fuck. <laughs> no, KB Toys, no! Maybe it just wasn't. Okay, Allegra's <gasps> a baby and she's been to KB Toys. It must not have been in Seattle. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it wasn't in Seattle. It was in malls, though. KB Toys. Just, it was KB very nice. Oh, uh, man. So, but. Uh, uh, sorry, brief segue. Uh, <laughs> I just Googled KB Toys and it says KB Toys aims to fill the void of Toys R Us, published May, March 20th, 2018. I just realized. Oh, I thought they were so out of business still around. Already. Oh, wait. Toys no. R Us is basically dead. KB Toys is basically dead because I ain't seen one in it's years. It's filling the void. 
void. Maybe it's coming yeah, back. Yeah, but Whoa, now there's this huge void. There's a bigger void. Well, definitely. I, you see that with Toys R Us. Yes, we remember Sam Goody. Yeah. Yes, but nobody buys CDs anymore. Wow. But, yeah, but like it's sort At of the same thing. At least people like, still buy toys is what I'm saying. Sort of, okay. but the FKO Schwartz. F-A-O. Whatever. F-A-Q Schwartz. My favorite rapper. F-A-O Twigs. F-A-O Twigs. Oh, yeah, the giant F-A-O Schwartz store in New York, the landmark one with a huge, a huge bear. Mm-hmm. Is gone and the living piano. <laughs> not living. The living. Oh shit! It's not <laughs> Tom Hanks. The Philadelphia. Big. I didn't see that movie, but it's I know that scene. It's big. Are you it's big. It's not Philadelphia. Oh, it's not. It's the same director. It's the one where Tom Hanks dies of AIDS. It's but it's still Jonathan Demi. I think that's why I confuse it. Jonathan Demi directed Big. Yes. Oh my Did god. He? I don't know. That's such a tone shift. Ashley's Mystical World. <laughs> I'm so. <laughs> you guys remember that great scene in Philadelphia where he visits a fortune teller? I don't know. I just know that Jesus. there is a Tom Hanks. There is a jumping on a keyboard. Yeah, yeah Jonathan Demi. Are, does Big take place in Philadelphia? No. <laughs> no. It's obviously because New York. It's in New York. <laughs> so, okay, Schwartz. Let's return to Chelsea's story <laughs> of calling KB Toys to I find call KB a Toys. Funkatron. To find Toji Monroe. Panic on Funkatron. What a name. Uh, but uh, their, uh, Sega is releasing a... Mega Drive collection on PS4 and Xbox One. So I played that last weekend. It's already on PC, but they added up a ton more games to the PC one and net. There's like 26 games, a lot of my Sega Genesis favorites, including this. So I went back and played a game that, I mean, I played it when I was like 10 or 12, and I at the time thought, I am bad at video games. Jumping in this is terrible. And now I'm like, oh, no, jumping in this is terrible. There's a lot of weird... The game uses a lot of twix, tricks to make levels longer because obviously at that time they were really concerned about game length. Um, so there's all these platforms that randomly appear. There's secrets everywhere. And there's like Ugh. weird bubbles that you have to balance on top of as they float across. No! Yeah. Can you like slide off of them? Yes, you can. No, I hate, no! And he go, like they make like, whoa, whoa, noises as they <laughs> slide back and forth and you have to balance on each uh-huh. side. Uh-huh. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> You take the good with the bad. (laughs) Honestly, this game is, despite these descriptions, this game is so weird and charming because it's about um, these two aliens who, in the first game, they were stranded on this weird version of Earth that was a bunch of floating islands populated by monster versions of Earthlings. And they were people who were like, you know, a woman with a shopping cart full of kids that would chase you down or like a boogeyman that would sneak up on you and scare you or a dentist that would attack you with a drill. So just like weird caricatures of people. And so you return to your home planet in the second game and all of them came with you. And it's so weird and charming. There's like a great like MIDI funk soundtrack in the game. Mm -hmm. It's super enjoyable and it was nice to return to something as an adult and be like, Okay, I'm not as bad at video games as I thought I was as a kid, but also this is still really good and holds up in a lot of ways. But it's weird to see how like thinking about game design ideas from like 1994 mm-hmm. or something. Because this is something you talked about in your ukulele review, which is like the the meaningless collectibles and just like 
There's treasures scattered around. You you mentioned that. Is that like a it's different not, level of collectibles? Yeah, because this one feels like it's not required. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing. That's good. There's nothing stopping me from. You have to hunt down all the earthlings in each level, but there's nothing otherwise stopping you. It's just more like, oh, there are secrets you can find. Okay, things it is like that. Interesting, like to your point though of like game design ideas from previous eras or years or whatever like that's a perfect example of collectibles that are just there to like pad out the play yeah and like bad jumping like they just thought that you know having sliding platforms was a fun challenge when it's a terrible one (laughs) there's there's a whole thing called funk scan i they really lean into this it's very 90s okay uh so you can like see the secret mode where you can see secrets in the world mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff is hidden behind walls like oh my god they love that so you can like jump behind walls to grab stuff but it was very much like we can pad out the levels in these ways okay that's interesting because that's a huge aspect of donkey kong as well yes but i love it in that game and it sounds like it, it does it, hold up in toe gem and Earl it as does well. hold up it's it's really fun but sometimes you're like Am I supposed to be in this wall, or did I just jump into something janky? <laughs> like, have you ever gotten stuck, like in a no behind a wall? Have not gotten no. stuck yet. Um, but the good thing about using an emulator is that it does have quick save and quick load. Mm. So mm. I used it a couple times where I'm like, okay, the challenge level here spikes it to a ridiculous point, or I'm just really mad at the platforming. So, are there not a lot of like checkpoints or save points in the original? Not a, there weren't a ton, and and it, if you there are continues and lives because remember back to that time, yeah. and if you use a continue, all of the stuff that you've accrued goes away. I have a two notes. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. very bad. That one I was like, well, okay, this. <laughs> Ashley is biting her finger in rage. <laughs> a big news here that you might have heard about on the Twitter machines, which is that Vox Media is working with Netflix now, and Vox.com has a new series. So here's Joe Posner and Claire Gordon to tell you all about it. Hi, Polygon Show. Vox just launched a new show on Netflix. It's called Explained, and you can find it on Netflix right now. It's for people like you, people who are curious about the world around them. And here's our promise. If you give us 15 minutes of your time, or sometimes 20, sometimes we can stick to the 50-minute limit. So 15 to 20 minutes of your time will take you from being just curious about a big, important topic to actually understanding it. Our first few episodes explore things like... Why is monogamy so important around the world? What happens when we can actually edit our DNA and take control of our own evolution? Why is the racial wealth gap in America still growing? You'll see it's Vox to its core. It's a bigger and more ambitious yes, but still looking and feeling and sounding like us. And we'll hopefully give you the context and reporting and research that actually makes these super, super satisfying. I think the most satisfying videos we've ever made. So go to Netflix and check it out. You can search for it, you can search for Vox, or you can just go to netflix.com slash explained. Um, Jelani, our producer, has a note that Big was directed by Penny Marshall. Fuck! Mm-hmm. I did not that. think Jonathan Demi directed. I don't know what's, I don't know where Thank I got you. that from. Wait, did Jonathan Demi direct Philadelphia though? He definitely Jelani's must Jelani's gonna have. look that up. 
Uh, and I have another confession, which is, so Chelsea wrote in the doc, Toe Jam and Earl Panic on Funkatron, and I, a person who am not familiar with the Toe Jam and Earl franchise, thought that Funkatron was a weird old console <laughs> until just now when you said that they were aliens from So you Funkatron. thought it was called Toe Jam I, and Earl Panic? Yes! <laughs> on is that not like a game name? Sounds like an anime. Chelsea oh. found an old Funkatron and is playing the <laughs> <laughs> Atari Funkatron. Oh my god, from Transformers. Yes. <laughs> Oh. Optimus Prime and Funkatron, his lesser-known cousin. <laughs> God, just why? played video games. <laughs> That's pretty uh, funny. Uh, Jonathan Demi did direct. He did. Okay. He did Silence of the Lambs and Philadelphia. I don't know where the fuck and Big, Big came from. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It's actually the third one in the trilogy, the famous Demi trilogy. <laughs> what? And on a happy note. <laughs> and on a happy note. Is it a happy note? I love that you thought that was a because console. because of the the piano. A happy yeah. note. Oh fuck! <laughs> no. Oh, I thought that's what you were saying. No. I will say that the pivotal scenes in Big with the fortune teller were filmed Spoiler, at my. No. I'm not gonna tell you oh, what happens. Oh I'm my just god! Tell you this where no, this movie is from the 80s. Oh, like you can Rock, spoil please. it. This is this is this is like. Oh, Mike my. was like, have you ever played Halo? I was like, no. And he's like, oh, well, Master Chief. He's like, Master Chief. I was like, no, no, no. He's like, Master Chief is, you never see him without his helmet. I was like, wow, spoiler alert. Stop spoiling Halo for me. Ashley. <laughs> okay, <laughs> can I just quickly say, the, the theme park scenes in Bake were filmed at my childhood theme park, which is very cool. Spoiler alert. What the <laughs> fuck? I was going to go there. Park. I had my own theme park, What yes. if I wanted to go there and be surprised? <laughs> Scenes from Big, a movie you clearly have not seen. I can't believe you just spoiled this movie. <laughs> You'd look at the fortune teller and be like, wow, what a cool thing. I now I know there's a fucking fortune teller scene. You know? I'm going to be like, oh, this is a pivotal moment. It's the first fucking scene. It's the first Philadelphia, this, this Jonathan is, Demi's film. I literally, I spoiled the entire ending of Philadelphia and you didn't say anything. And when I mentioned that there's an amusement park in Oh. Speaking no, of, I know, speaking I of know. spoiling the endings of things, Allegra, tell us about Detroit <laughs> Become Human. A Got game it in one. Yeah. The ending that you have been playing got. this week. You don't oh. have to tell us about the ending, but oh. okay. So you've been playing Detroit Become Human, I, which is David Cage's new game. <laughs> yes. Yes, your your semi review, your real review, whatever your feelings will be up on Polygon by the time the post, this podcast goes live. So give us your initial impressions. Yes. So uh, I I mentioned this in our news meeting last week when I started the game. Uh, so basically, um, there's three different storylines and characters. There's Kara, who's like this household maid type android, because um, this takes place in the year 2038. There's androids who are deputized to do all the labor for humans so that ostensibly humans don't have to do any work, but like they still do. So like, whatever. But uh, she's like this household maid. And then there's Connor, who's like an android sent to help the cops on this like very hard case. And then there's Marcus, who works for some grandpa um but when i was playing, some grandpa what it's hard to explain marcus's story but he just works for some grandpa is some old ass grandpa like a caretaker he's like a caretaker yeah okay um so in Kara's storyline the first couple things you do are just like household chores wow and literally i was like this is fucking boring and i did the same thing that i always do when a game is boring i just like leave it on and i go to sleep why did you do yeah. that? I don't know. Did you play on your PS4? Yes. Your hard drive's gonna fry up. 
careful. <laughs> sure, it's going to be dead when I get home. But um, so at first I was like, this is so boring. Like, if you've played any David Cage games, and I actually really like Heavy Rain, which is the only other one I've played, he tries to make it immersive by being like, if you open a door, you have to use the right stick and like very jankily move mm. around your, mm-hmm. like, the stick so mm-hmm. that you open the door. And in real life, I don't think about it. I was talking to Summit, who's also playing it, and we were both like, yeah, when we open a door, it's basically like pressing an X button, right? Like, we kind of just push yeah. it. But in this, it's like you have to think very, like, like deeply, I guess. You have yeah. to actually consider well, all... No, hate... more literally than deeply. More literally, right. not like, how do I move a control <laughs> stick? <laughs> no, but that's, that's exactly like I started Beyond Two Souls. Yeah. And the same thing. Like, I just couldn't open the door. I was like, hello... Hello? And then finally, like, I shoved the, yes, shoved the analog stick in the right way, yeah. and then it opened, and I'm just like, what? That's why your PS4 is dead. Because oh, you installed God. Beyond Two Souls. <laughs> wow. Why? Now it's got no souls. Damn. Mm, Damn. Sorry. It's uh, in the beyond. Counterpoint, you love Life is Strange, which does mm. similar things. I don't think Life is Strange is, like, as deliberate as this. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's as... Very frustratingly considered where you literally have to do every single action. Mm -hmm. It was more like Until Dawn, but I thought that Until Dawn did this better and also had like a way better or at least a way more interesting Mm storyline. So it's like, okay, I don't mind, Mm -hmm. you know, having to try many, many times to open a shower door because I'm bad (laughs) with the thumbstick. Is this this way to like extend you playing by making everything challenging? Like why? Yeah. And it's like, I don't even know that I'd call it challenging so much as like frustrating and like needless. Like it just feels unnecessary, but it does get better later on. I think when you're just like, okay, whatever, I accept this. This is my truth. This is my reality now. It's fine. Um, So then I can focus more on the story, which ostensibly being that this is like a choice-based story game, like that's more important. But the thing is like the storylines, they, I didn't really get to a point where they intersect in like an interesting or smart way. Um, And so they, it just feels like three independent kind of short, cinematic games but you finished the game right yeah i did and like even at the end it was kind of just like okay this was an independent storyline with like small instances of the other Mm. characters having some influence like it doesn't feel like they're threaded together very well so like as i said there's the three distinct characters and it really just feels like for the majority of Mm -hmm. the game like three distinct plots huh and the big thing like with david cage in general but also this one is like he's very heavy-handed with like what he's trying to communicate so the other like part of this game other than like androids are things let's explore androids in the future um was like okay we're also going to explore like civil rights movements and child abuse and prejudice and uh, discrimination and racism, like all of these things under the umbrella of like the single game, which means none of them were given the correct weight that they were supposed to get. Like toward the very end was the only time that any of this was actually like acknowledged. And it was so over where I was like, yeah, dude, it's been fucking 10 hours. I know this is about racism. You finally you're acknowledging that. Is this just an effort to bring in like words that like seem to connotate deepness to David Cage? Mm-hmm. Like, is it like, well, this game's about racism, and 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 like be like, oh, I'm touching on something deep without any actually being depth at all? Yeah, like there's no subtext at all. Um, it's very much like, okay, I as a <laughs> smart person <laughs> know that this is like analogous to discrimination, right? Like mm-hmm. the androids are just seen as like 
machines that are there to aid the humans as caretakers or maids or whatever, uh, cop robots. But it's not, it's very much just kind of focused on foisting these very infuriating controls on me and then like gamifying the storyline by like making you choose these choices that have some weight and sometimes like extremely not. Um, so to like shoehorn like child abuse, like very graphic child abuse into a game where like that's not even thought out, it's not deep at all, is like kind of gross. Ah. Um, and there's just like on an optics perspective, there's like a white guy, a white woman, and a like biracial black guy. And like all of the other androids who are like deputized to be machines are pretty much either women or people of color. And only the white guy was like the only character I liked was the white dude. And he was really cute, but that's okay. But whatever. He was my husband. He's my son. We'll talk about that eventually. He's oh, my will. new son. <laughs> His name is Connor. Anyway, um, like all the other characters, I was like, this is stupid because you're just being used to communicate some political idea and like some ideology that is important Mm -hmm. but you're not doing it well at all yeah there's so much intentionality into how we design robots which is an an ai which is something that is something that we deal with in our own world where most ai have women's voices like there's a lot Mm -hmm. of there's a lot to unpack there yeah to say something totally cliche and it, it seems, at least from your telling of it, that David Cage or the, the studio kind of gets at that with the design of the the, uh, the androids, but doesn't quite hit it home. Yeah, exactly. It like, it's not like a consistent thing where it's like, okay, like I could understand if only women and people of color were forced to be like subservient because then there's something to say there about like how women and minorities mm-hmm. are. What is our comfort level of like yeah. designing a, a subservient white man that we tell what to do. Yeah, but then like they also pepper in like tons of white guys and like there's no reflection on anything of like people's places in society mm-hmm. and because it's set in Detroit of all places, like this isn't like 2100, like it's 2038, right? Like mm-hmm. that's not that far in the future. So I <laughs> find it very hard to imagine that all the like Things that Detroit and Michigan as a whole have gone through in history mm-hmm. have no bearing on like what's going on in this I mean, game. I have to ask though, in your opinion, with these three separate plots, right? They are supposed to be intertwined. Yeah, I mean that's the sense I get. So obviously, because it's choice based, I kind of fucked up. <laughs> but but so like the the thing that confuses me, like it could be choice based, but is there like say an overarching narrative that it's trying to achieve besides like besides you know talking talking about disparate topics, right? Mm-hmm. So like an extreme example that I would use is like Westworld. Overarching theme is like consciousness achieving consciousness. Yeah. It, what would you say that has that oh, that's being like Detroit? Beh- probably a good comparison of Westworld, but um, yeah, that's a good comparison. But I would say like the overarching plot is stemming from Marcus's storyline, which is kind of about like let's take over the world, androids. Like fuck the humans, <laughs> flip oh, them okay. the bird, and like the androids basically want to be seen as like 
individuals. Like, uh-huh. they want to have equal rights to humans, basically. So that's sort of where all the storylines dovetail. But at least in the one in the one storyline I did not dramatically fuck over, I was like, God damn it. Um, it just happens so out of nowhere. Like, it has to be forced in there uh-huh. um, at the very end, which I will not spoil, obviously. But um, it just didn't feel like, you know, a natural progression toward mm. that. Mm-hmm. I'm mad because so many people have used androids as a better stand-in for literally anything. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like such a sloppy thing. And it's like androids, they're gonna they just want consciousness. And like yeah. so many other media has already used this better. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, I think there's a difference between androids wanting consciousness and then androids wanting sorry. to be treated the same. Yeah. I yeah. think yeah. those are two separate things. But but I'm saying other media is still handled. Both of them differently. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm remembering back to uh, E3 last right. year. Because last year at E3, we both got to play a scene with Connor, who's the detective, and a scene with, or we watched a scene with Marcus, mm-hmm. uh, who is the android who is trying to start a rebellion, as it were. And I had a similar experience to you, even in my like minimal <laughs> exposure to the game where like the Marcus scene which was a scene where he was freeing some androids from a store and then they were kind of sending a message to humanity and it felt so dry Mm -hmm. like he gave a big speech and you could either encourage them to be more or less violent and you like could go around and do graffiti on the bus stops or break windows or something and doing those actions would kind of set the tone for the other androids that you were freeing and it felt very tonally it, like it was a negative impact mm-hmm. because there there was just so little emotion behind that scene mm. whereas the scene with Connor where you're investigating a murder scene or a murder yeah a murder scene and then engaging in a hostage negotiation I actually really enjoyed that yeah like it was super fun to look for clues with my android vision um, definitely did help that, like you said, the actor for Connor is very cute. Remember he was in the room with oh, us? Oh, yeah, I remember he was in the room with us. <laughs> you loved him. I loved him so much. Um, <laughs> and I very professionally spoke to him and had good interactions with him. Um, he's very good in this game. Anyway, but but like that, just that little vignette had so much more impact than this other scene that was supposed to be like very serious and weighty and dealing with issues of oppression and liberation and humanity. And I, I just, I feel like sort of, it, it felt like a situation where the right words were used, but there was no life behind mm-hmm. them. Yeah, exactly. Like to your point about Connor, like because it's removed more so than the other two storylines from these very weighty very uh are we human or are we dancer right exactly are we yes that's basically yeah (laughs) what it is like he his story isn't as steeped in these ideological concepts like it's about discrimination but like it's just kind of like oh i want to be friends with this human but he hates me like let's Mm. be friends which i think like can't force incentive for you to care about anyone Mm -hmm. because it sounds like it's almost like when you're demoing that i feel like why would you demo like the one scene that's supposed to be very rallying and like Mm -hmm. moving it's like you Mm -hmm. have no investment there exactly like actually so i finished the game this morning uh that is almost at the end of the game oh really like it's very late that one scene with marcus um no spoilers but like yeah that's very late in the game so exactly like at that point you know all these characters like that should help although I hate all those characters fuck them <laughs> die 
Wow. <laughs> they can die. Um, and so they did. But anyway, that's because wow. I fucked up um, <laughs> Timestamp. As you know, you can kill these people. Yes, like, that's how you, these games work. If you fuck work. up in a David Cage game, And I literally die. was like, oh, god damn it. I pressed the wrong button. God damn it. Um, Quick time events. Yeah. So, um... It's basically exactly that. Like, you should be able to be invested in these characters, but because it's so much about, like, let's explore these ideological concepts by just, like, throwing them at the wall and saying this is what this is about, you don't become invested. Um, versus, like, with Connor, my son, my boo, like, it's actually, like, an endearing story that's just kind of, like, more grounded and relatable about, like, mm-hmm. friendship. And also he has, okay, his human partner has a really cute dog. Oh. And I was playing the game at five in the morning this morning, and I was very delirious. And so I met the dog. It's like a St. Bernard or something. And he's so cute and perfect, except his paws look like hands. No! <laughs> oh, I hate that. Like, Simone right. knows I hate that. Oh, I know it's you so hate gross. that. So I, since Samit is the other person playing the game at Polygon right now, I messaged him at 6 in the morning. I was like, the dog's name is Sumo. I was like, Sumo has human hands. <laughs> and then when he logged on, he's like, what? I'm, I'm so glad. <laughs> we had a it's just like he has human hands. It's gross. Wow. Um, yeah. So read more on polygon.com. I'm excited to read about it and play it. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Polygon Show. If you'd like to email us, that was sorry. the loudest so fucking water bottle creak I have ever heard in my life. Ma'am, please. I'm thirsty. You made me yell into the mic. You can email us at polygonshow at polygon.com, and we appreciate it if you do. Even hopefully one of these weeks we will have time to read some emails. And, of course, it's super helpful to us if you go to Apple Podcasts and you give the podcast a five-star rating only. Those are the only ones that they're accepting. They recognize anything under five stars as fraudulent because um, the show is really good. So go ahead and join all of the cool people who leave those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This has been The Polygon Show. Did you know? Our friends at The Verge just launched a new podcast hosted by Casey Newton, and uh, I'm going to let Casey pop on here and tell you all about it. Hello, listeners of The Polygon Show. This is Casey Newton, Silicon Valley editor of The Verge. And if you love video games, you might just like my new podcast, Converge. Each week, we'll bring you fresh ideas and a sense of what it's like to build a company from the people who are actually doing it. And we'll do it all with games that no one has ever played. It's like HQ trivia if there was only one contestant and it was literally impossible to win money. So far, we've got guests lined up from Google, Lyft, Pocket, and that bodega near your house. You know, the one with the weird cat. The first episode drops Wednesday, May 23rd, wherever you get your podcasts. Converge. You've never heard a tech show like this.